For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcasts and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get, get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Hey, this is Booker T, WCW five times champion and WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to In the Room. That can you dig that sucker? every Tuesday night right here on VOCNation.com and the number to call in is 914-338-1885. I'm Brady Hicks and I've got with me once again the lovely Kathy Fitz. What's going on, Kathy? Not much whatsoever, Brady, and how are you tonight? I, I'm good. I'm good. Why are we speaking in complete sentences? Uh, now, I, I, I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. <laughs> Couldn't be happier to be here. I, I don't know what Rat Boy is doing. He's trying to distract me, but it's okay uh, because you can also check out the one and only maestro of professional wrestling, Papa Stro. What's going on, Stro? <laughs> Hi guys, how you doing? Great to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you, man. And uh, we also have Ray Bogus joining us once again. Ray, sir, how you doing? Hello. I am fabulous, man. The only person who is more excited for a fresh show is Ginger Mahal. 
<laughs> well, we'll be talking about that tonight for sure. Uh, 914-338-1885 is the number to get in touch with us here tonight. And I see we've got a couple of callers in the queue. Uh, nothing to get too excited about. It's the usual cast and crew, but uh, I'm excited to talk to them. And you can get in in line right behind them. So be sure to call in 914-338-1885. I also want to remind you guys that we are streaming this uh, video, and uh, it will be available on the premium section of the VOC Nation website. Just click on premium there when you go to vocnation.com. It's right at the top, and you'll be able to check us out, the full uh, unedited, no commercial versions of the show. You'll be able to see all the great stuff that we're talking about right now. And uh, <laughs> we're also going to have a very special guest tonight. I, I, I'm excited uh, he is uh, – well, <laughs> I think this is the third or fourth year we've done this now, Kathy. We're bringing on A.J. Pan for his birthday. It's, it's the pan anniversary show. It, it happens every year. It even happened last year during the pandemic, and uh, we couldn't be happy oh. to have A.J. Pan joining us in a little bit. <laughs> well, you know we have to get him on early because he'll be at the bar. Well, sure, yeah. That was the thing. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing. You know, I, I almost double booked tonight, and, and it was an accident. It really was just totally uh, a clerical error on my part. Uh, but next week on the program, we're actually going to have uh, former WWE and ECW referee Jim Molyneux is going to be joining us, and I'm excited about that. Uh, but Jim uh, got bumped for the anniversary, Kathy, and he was very gracious about it. He understood. Uh, so, so Jim Molyneux is going to be joining us next week on the program. And so lots of exciting stuff going on, you know, and uh, not the least of which is this Sunday, right? We're, we're going to have a little pay-per-view, time for another one of those. And by little pay-per-view, I mean, you know, five, six matches, none of them really meaning anything. The standard fare for WWE, you know, uh, WWE WrestleMania Backlash, where I don't believe, I, I, I'm looking at it right now, and... uh you would think for WrestleMania backlash, that would imply rematches from WrestleMania. Uh, there's not actually one rematch from WrestleMania on this card. Well, that's... Did we lose you there? Okay, let's try this again. Okay. There he is. That's that. There we go. There we go. Um, it, uh... It would seem that if you were going to call it backlash, that you, you would expect like at least one match. That's what I thought. Involve backlash from WrestleMania in some way. Maybe not the marquee match. Maybe I don't know. So like you would expect one match. <laughs> That's right, kid. <laughs> You would say what? Like if you, if there had been a show called WCW Rematch, <laughs> that show would have been called Thunder. <laughs> yeah, that show would have been but called you, Thunder, exactly. But you also <laughs> would have expected to see <laughs> on the program. <laughs> they, <laughs> this is just something that I'm gonna like have like you know the righteous indignation over like with some of the other topics, but it is amusing that you know, 
for a company that claims that they want to hire professional writers. Right. They don't, they don't know what words mean. <laughs> With some WCW rematches, it's probably a nightmare. So, <laughs> what you wanted? A nightmare is a kind of dream. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, now, now that's not to say that there's no uh, kind of matches that don't involve guys that already fought. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre are going to get back in there. It's a triple threat match, though. Uh, Bianca Belair, nothing with Sasha. Uh, Asuka in there with Rhea Ripley. But, again, it's a triple threat match with Charlotte. Uh, the tag title couldn't even sniff WrestleMania, and these guys get WrestleMania backlash. Roman Reigns against Cesaro because the other two challengers disappeared. And uh, what was the other one? What was the Damian Priest in the Miz. Sort of a rematch, but really that was a tag team match before. So, I, you know, not not one real it, – it's just weird to me. It, it's just weird. Um, last year, May was the uh, Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Made a little more sense, I thought. So I think that they are probably hoping that because Money in the Bank is usually one of the better crowd and one of the more anticipated people, they're probably hoping that things continue to open back up. I would – I would guess that is that is the play there. I, um, I'm confused by that. Aren't things open up now? Why can't they go to a stadium like all these other sports leagues are doing? So some of it has to do with uh, some of it has to do with indoor versus outdoor arena. Some of it has to do with different. So take Florida for instance. You have I, I didn't have booing ready. Okay, good. I don't know why you Florida. That's I kind of want to live there. Take Florida. So take, so take, fine. So Kids, so that wasn't Ari- nice. So let's take Arizona, for instance. Yeah. A pretty neutral state. Should I boo them? Hmm. I don't know enough about Arizona. Uh, we're worthy of neither booze nor So... Okay. Oh. All right. They're, they're, they're neutral like Canada. Yeah. We are the, we are the Canada of the South. So, take Arizona for instance. There are statewide restrictions, but different cities are still restricting things. Okay. Or, you know, even like different stadium operators are saying, okay, well, even if there aren't any, we're only going to allow this many people. So, the WWE play might be. See if we can push off this pay-per-view till maybe June or July when things might be much more open, and you know have more of the crowd that we want. That, that, that could be it. I just—it's such a silly pay-per-view because it doesn't—it doesn't feel like backlash. This is this feels like like bizarro world WrestleMania. At least we got even Marie to look forward to. Yeah, if that. <laughs> right. That's true. We'll feed into my topic later. You <laughs> were saying some fun stuff on Twitter. Uh, obviously, already going a little bit off what they had planned, but uh, it's always a, it's always an adventure. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you were saying right. Oh, that was it. Like, okay. It feels, it feels like 
It just feels like bizarro world WrestleMania. Like WrestleMania, but it's yeah. not, it, here's what it feels like. There was this there was this bit on something awful, a humor website a number of years ago, and uh, they were making fun of different bad Halloween costumes. Okay. And the idea was positive. This particularly bad one. It was like Elvis, but. Like it was really misshapen, and so it looked like a hairy banana that vaguely dressed like Elvis. Yeah, that was me. Sorry. And, um, well, that's fine. <laughs> um, that's fine. We all we all love you and your hairy bananas. You know the bananas. 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 Yeah. The um. And in the in the article, they were making fun of this stuff like. They posited that thousands of these costumes could like be at a warehouse as a prank and mm-hmm. be doing things that you do at an office or warehouse, but not quite, like answering a phone that's not connected to anything, or like pushing <laughs> a broom but you're not sweeping anything. And okay. That's what this. That's what this feels like. It yeah. feels like WrestleMania, but not quite. It's like it's like Wario. Or uh, Waluigi, you know, it's it's there, but it's it's not really there. It, yeah, it, it the whole thing is weird. Um, as far as the stadium things go, I, I'm a little confused, Stro, uh, because I know, like in Philadelphia, for example, uh, they just announced 50% capacity for all stadiums. So if they can get 10,000 people in an arena, why would he not do that? Isn't that better? You think, I, right? I, it, it's still better than. What a lot of companies were doing pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a reason why. I mean, it's not like the only thing I can figure is that it's so expensive to rent out an arena. So, like a sports team, for example, the Sixers, uh, they're the ones that they announced 50% capacity for the playoffs starting in. I guess it's uh, when did the NBA playoffs start? It's usually like late May, right? I mean, but my point is, it doesn't really matter when the date is. My point is, when they come back, they're not renting that stadium, I guess, is the idea. It's it's their home. Yeah. So, WWE, is, is, that, is that the issue then? Is it financial? I really, I don't know. So, if anyone has a background in this kind of stuff, I would love, we need to get the WrestleNomics guy back on. I know he works for AEW yes. now, but, but that, that that's what we need. We need to get the WrestleNomics guy back on, because he was a... Uh, he was really good with helping us out with that kind of stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Good thing. Do you boys watch the Booker T biography? Yeah, you know, I was going to bring that up, the, the Booker T thing. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, by the way, I ran the uh, the interview that we did with Booker T back in uh, 2018. Uh, it's actually on the RSS feed right now. You can find it on VOCNation.com. It was a great interview. It was about a half an hour. Uh, one of my favorites of all time. And uh, so definitely people should check that out. I thought the Booker T documentary was amazing. I really enjoyed it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I there, were, there were stories that I had never heard, like about how his mom died. I had no idea how his mom died. That was horrible. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that kind of adversity. Yeah. Is it any wonder that he turned to, like, the life that he did? It, I, yeah, I... Kathy, when did you meet him? Was it? I'm, I'm guessing it was around when Sherry got paired with them, right? Yeah, I met them when, with Sherry, and um, okay, you know when I first met him, they, I mean Booker and Stevie, we drove around together and everything, <laughs> and yeah. Sherry, and you know, 
Booker was not, I mean, I was very nervous around Booker, especially because he seemed a lot more scarier than Stevie to me. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, I don't like the eyes. He was like, <laughs> you know what? Um, he was, you know, he, I knew his whole story, his background, yeah. you know, his son. And, um, you know, he was, you know, he wasn't ashamed of what he did because they needed the money. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, then I made a mistake. Yeah. Everybody makes a mistake. I, yeah, that was the thing. Like, oh. I, I mean, it, it's all about what you learn from it, what you take from it. He was what? Like, I think they said he was like 17 when he did that, wasn't he? Yeah. My God, I can't imagine if, like, I would have gotten in trouble for some of the stuff I did at 17. So, I mean, <laughs> granted, I never never robbed a Wendy's, but still, I mean, I guess in a way it's kind of like I robbed Wendy's every day. But that's different. That, that's <laughs> totally different. <laughs> so, uh, any any kind of distinct memories of that time with Booker T when you guys were down there together? Oh, man, we, we had such a blast together. Matter of fact, uh, him and Stevie Ray used to, like, uh, talk about the old Robbie Eagle jacket he used to wear back in Smoky Mountain Wrestling with the medal. Really? <laughs> and they, they wanted to wear it and, you know, take off with it. They don't the jackets. It was, we had, I, I had so much fun those guys. We had such a blast. Yeah, they, they, we used to they jump just, rope together. Like, jump Booker rope. T, we used to, like, jump, yeah, jump rope together and everything. Okay, okay. Oh, man, jokes. I mean, it was, it was, it was always a good time. <laughs> I'll never forget, yeah. Kathy, we were at that, uh, we were at that independent show, and somebody cut in line for autographs, and the look on his face was almost the scariest mm-hmm. thing I ever saw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what were you saying, Kevin? Um, yeah. When they were doing the um, things and everything, like Fort Myers, were you on the tours then? I might have been. When, when was that? that point. Fort Myers. Um, it was like Sherry had just left. Right. Okay, so like ninety five, ninety six, maybe. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that was probably when I was going doing the nightly thing before I got signed under contract. Okay. We so we the nightly stuff. We we did Fort Myers, and um, I rode down with Booker and Nick Patrick. Um, Brian Hildebrand, a couple of the other guys, Mick, Mickey, uh, Mickey J, they were in the other car. We got down mm-hmm. there, and I've never laughed so hard because just hanging out with those guys at the shows, I mean, they were they went straight to the, the pond to go fishing because they mm-hmm. all had a fishing contest. <laughs> And, I mean, but it, it was That's so awesome. laid back with them. You know, it, they were always there. I mean, <clears throat> if Sherry wasn't around, they always looked out for me. And they always included me in everything. That's why they're my family, you know. Didn't they look out for you if Sherry was there, too? But they're just like, forget her. Sherry's here. Oh, Sherry would always, Sherry made sure everybody was. Sherry looked out for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, Sherry did look after sure, they, they, they were my grandma. They were grandma, my grandma's favorite tag team. They used to sneak my grandma on the back, and she'd like sneak food, like she would cook. 
That's yeah, funny. She was at one of the shows. Oh yeah, she loved <laughs> she loved Harlem Heat, man. Were they were they as funny as they seemed on? Like I, they always struck me as like, and, and like I said, I only met Booker that one time in 2018. But they always struck me as like some of the more funny, like like they, I don't know. It just seemed like they just got it, you know. They just got the whole entertainment aspect of the whole thing. Yeah. Stevie Ray would have me laughing so hard I'd be in tears. Oh my god. And yeah, he had me laughing Booker too. together. Oh no. Oh my god. <laughs> always a good time. <laughs> the best. So, so you're saying that the Stevie Ray that I got when I interviewed him isn't necessarily the normal Stevie Ray? No. <laughs> he hated me. He hated me. <laughs> Ray, I remember that too. Ray, Ray, the only thing that saved me was that Derek called in. That was the only, the only redeeming thing from the whole. Thank God he used to call in earlier back then. <laughs> that was funny though. Dude, you sound like a brother. <laughs> I just, I, I, I Brady, I can't imagine why someone would find you irritating. Me neither. Well, Me neither. <laughs> I, I can't. I think I'm quite charming, if I do say, and humble. Yeah. Yeah. You are one hundred percent charming, Brady. I like King Charming. A couple minutes, don't we? Hopefully, we'll we'll have to see about that. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you know, I, as a comparison, I actually checked out the uh, the Miz uh, documentary tonight, uh, the twenty four thing that they did for Peacock, and uh, what a totally different, like, just I don't know, like a polar opposite of Booker T in so many ways. You know, I mean, he had he had opportunity after opportunity, and like, yeah, he worked very hard, just like Booker. Um, but Booker was so well received almost from the beginning, it seems like. And the Miz, my God, they're kicking him out of the locker room for eating chicken. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it might have not been barbecued chicken, which in that case means it's unacceptable chicken. It could have been Popeyes, though. That's pretty good. That's disgusting. <laughs> I like Popeyes. <laughs> We're going to like clove cigarettes, too. <laughs> good. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I enjoyed I enjoyed both documentaries, uh, but the Booker T one was just like. <laughs> did you ever see, did you ever miss his dad promos, like, talk? Have you heard him talk? Yeah. Oh, like, it's the best. Yeah. How he talks about, like, how The Rock is his favorite wrestler. And, uh, at the end of the documentary, they had a really funny one. Like, the producer asked uh, the Mrs. Dad, like, you know, what kind of wrestlers does he like? And he's like, oh, you know, I like the high-flying ones, the ones that hit hard and come off the top rope. He's like, you know, all the stuff, all the stuff that Mike can't do. Oh, ah. that's what he said. <laughs> I thought that was great. For what it's worth, I always thought the Miz was really good. When I was sitting in those, like, PWI 500 meetings and, like, I, I – I helped get the Miz number one in 2010 on the 500. Like that was that was me. Mike Bassinger will tell you he was there. Kevin McIlvaney will tell you. Like that was me. They went in there with this agenda that had John Cena winning the 500 again, and I was like, come on. After this year that the Miz had, triple crown winner in one year. Um, you know, just just the way he just like stepped up like that. It's like you had to give it to the Miz. That was my opinion. And a lot of people hated that opinion, but that that was how I felt. 
I, and I was with you. I thought that was the correct opinion at the time. And, and you know, 11 years later, I still think that that was the correct opinion. I, I, yeah. If anything, I remember us being, I remember us talking about that when, you know, you know even later when, when we were doing the show that, you know, the one thing, one thing you wanted to see from the news after a couple of years, mm-hmm. 2010, this, 2010, this didn't exist yet. Um, you know, after, for a couple of years of news, what we wanted to do was see him actually get rewarded on screen every once in a while. Sure. There's actually a petition out now wanting him to portray the role of Johnny Cage for the next Mortal Kombat movie. That would be cool. I did see that. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the Miz. And, and the whole argument, like, well, how did he win? You know, he won all his matches and everything was underhanded. And it's like, all right. So well, let's so let's strip Ric Flair of every match that he didn't win correctly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, Can you imagine? You either, oh, you, either, you either have to watch and value that or you have to not. And if you don't. But if you generally want to go and say, yeah, I think that's like, yeah, that's even better. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Like, 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 fine. Like, you do you. Right. But, like, oh, I'm consistent with that because I guarantee you're right, Brady. Those same jerks are the ones who won't shut up to me about Rick Flair. Speaking of Flair, did you see the commercial he did with L.A. Knight, the car shield commercial? Oh, yeah, man. I saw that. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> uh, I saw that. I saw that. So what do you think, Ray? I, I, I know you, you shouldn't have to pick and choose, but who are you going to give it to, Booker or The Miz? Who I like more or who had the better documentary? Who who had the better documentary? Booker. I agree. He had an amazing that a, story. That was a very well done and you know there was I said there was stuff even I didn't know yeah and it was I ended up having a chance to go back and watch the Randy Savage when we talked about last week and I thought it was really well done mm-hmm. um, but there wasn't a lot new to it there was some stuff where they went a little bit more in depth um, where you got a little bit more detail than just like oh man he was troubled in WC like you got a little bit more than that. Yeah. But there wasn't anything ground nor did I necessarily expect it to be. But, like, the book interview was, it was, it was brand new stuff. But you, unless you were intimately, personally friends with him. I didn't know anyone like that. No. That you might not necessarily have known. Like, unless you were Kathy Fitz. Right. You probably weren't on this, weren't someone on this show who knew everything that was on that WCW that was on that Yeah. And that, to me, that made it really good. But this one, ask me after Miz has been retired. That, that's fair. That's fair. One final thing I will say about the Miz before we kind of move on. Um, I he left me with the distinct impression now as a two-time heavyweight champion that he is without a doubt going to get a third one before he's done. And this third one, I think, will probably be the most respectable of the three. 
And I mean titles, if I, if in case you didn't know what I meant by third one. Third title. WWE title. So did you hear this crap that Ole Anderson said? It was the, the Teddy Long interview. Have you guys heard about this? It's insane. I, 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 I got to look it up. I got to look it up. Cliff notes us. Yeah. The reader for the listener. Yeah. I mean, I'm bringing it up. I mean, I'm bringing it up because Booker T talked uh, at length, Kathy, about uh, the racism and, and you know a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. that kind of was rampant. And um, so this is the environment that Booker T was kind of coming into. And this was Teddy Long. I'm, I'm just pulling it up now. Um, it's on this new app I got. It's really great. So Teddy Long, there it is. Teddy Long. Teddy Long said. And he was on the uh, the John Brate, uh, the JBL podcast. Everybody's got a podcast now, and then I wonder why we can't get guests. Uh, <laughs> everybody's got a podcast. Uh, so Teddy Long was on JBL, and um, he was talking about uh, the climate in WCW backstage when Ole Anderson was in charge. And, and he's talking about – and this is um, – and, and I'm reading this just exactly. This is the actual transcript of what he said. He said, a lot of people thought that Thunderbolt Patterson, him being the black guy, he would stand up for the black wrestlers. Well, that just wasn't true. He didn't care about us either. He was all about himself because one night, one day, we had a meeting. It was me, Thunderbolt, and Ole Anderson. And Ole was the grand wizard, he called him. Ole was the grand wizard. He would call you the N-word. Even if he knew your name, he didn't give a crap. Okay, next thing we know, we, they go in and they have this meeting, and Ole says to Thunderbolt, and I'll cut it off after this, Ole says to Thunderbolt, hey, Thunderbolt, how many N-words do you think we need on this card? <sighs> Thunderbolt looked him over, looked at me, and told Ole, well, boss, I guess I'm going to be the only N-word on this card. I I can't believe that. I I I, oh I know it was a long time ago. <laughs> I know. I, I. It's hard to believe. You know, and then Booker T talks about like you know, inherent racism in wrestling, especially in those early years, and it's like, wow, just kind of blew my mind. And, and I don't want to talk bad about anybody. Like I said, I'm I'm using these quotes. I obviously wasn't there, but I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. You know, yeah, I agree. The thing is, like, he doesn't even have, like, a, that's how they talk their idea off or how they talk in my day. He was born in the 40s in Minnesota. Right. Isn't like 1900 Boston? <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. Come on, and, 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 and again, I'm, uh, I'm at a loss with it, you know. It's certainly, it's not going to be this huge thing that we that we kind of are hung up on all night. But I think it definitely deserves commentary, especially in light of like some of the things that Booker T had to say. Uh, and I would love mm-hmm. to get your thoughts on all that as well. Nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five is the number to uh, to kind of get in touch with us tonight. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to check in with that kind of stuff, we would absolutely love to have you. But right now, talking about somebody we love to have, look at this. 
Look at how da- – I haven't seen this guy, Kathy, in almost a year, and uh, he looks as great as ever. A.J. Pan, the uh, the guiding light. the uh, <laughs> Your guiding light. My guiding light, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it's a soap opera name, but that that's pretty cool. I'm digging the vignettes, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing very, pretty good. I, 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 this is going to be weird to say I actually miss you. <laughs> Thank you. You think we're poppy? <laughs> Not yet, because now I'm a man of the cloth, so I have uh, to. A man of the cloth, actually, okay. Yeah, so, like, you know, like a, uh, you know, like a, like we named Deacons and stuff, it has to be very official now. So okay. We're getting close. Get close from our text messages, but you're not there yet. Yeah, okay. No, he's uh, not, AJ. No, he's not. Don't give it to him. No, no, no. He's not not yet, but I don't know. He's interested. He's trying to. You know, I I used that tanning cream that Joey Ace told me to, and it turned me orange. So that that tells you about all you need to know. AJ, this is obviously this is your birthday week. It's a kind of become a an annual tradition for us to to get you on a what's going on for your birthday? Uh, anything any special plans now that things are starting to open back up? This year makes up for uh, last year, definitely. Good, good. I, I see. Uh, thank you, thank you for this AJ fan poppy. Yes. Yeah. Should now be your guiding poppy. Yeah, Rat Boy thinks that. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. On Friday night, we're having the bash at the home office at the Skinny. Okay. The home office. And then Saturday night is Titan Championship Wrestling on my exact birthday. Bringing in Ray Kalitri, and we're going to win the TCW Middleweight Championship. So it's going to be a great weekend. That's pretty cool. Now, so, obviously, Titan, uh, that's a company that I, I'm starting to learn about little by little, but it just seems like they've had so much momentum in the last six months. Uh, I, for those who haven't been to a Titan show, what's that experience like? It's very fun. Um, I guess I told, I mentioned it to you before on the podcast and to others. Uh, at this stage of my career, I just want to have fun in wrestling. I don't want to deal with BS and politics and all that. So I'm not so big league, but I want to pick and choose where I work now. I don't want to work every other company. And they're mm-hmm. one that I've seen what they've done, and I enjoyed uh, from people I've known that work there, I, they had good things to say about it. And I met the owners, and since day one being in the company, it seems like it's run really well. Had a great time. I love being there, and I'm looking forward to helping them grow and helping them find their life. Now, uh, you know, you, you mentioned how you're going to be uh, kind of in the corner of Ray Kalitri, and uh, Ray, obviously, still pretty involved with him with all the stuff in ECWA and all that. Uh, what, what's your opinion on uh, Ray and the kind of stuff that he's been turning out in the last couple months? Ray's been on fire. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, ever since uh, his match with Ricky Martinez uh, late last year, that was the, I, we talked about it backstage. Like I pulled him aside, so we went to the curtain, and I'm like, dude, that was it. Everything's nasty. Like keep the momentum going. And he took it to heart, and he's been pushing forward with the vignettes and getting his character over and training more, and, yeah, from what I've seen, he's been doing fantastic, and I'm so happy to be working with him again, finally. Is he the most driven guy that you've ever been in their corner? The most tough mm, one, I know. I know that's tough. It's tough. I'm going to say for because this is kind of, from, from being there with someone kind of from the start, even though he was wrestling a little bit before, but he had an injury, so we kind of started from scratch when yeah. I first brought him into ECWA, and... So in that sense, yes, but otherwise, I mean, you know, you can't, like, ask Riel and 
so he's just he's every day like three four times a week he's at training he's working to get himself better he's not training in in the ring he's training in his you know uh, his his uh, athletics he's you know okay. lifting okay. weight doing all his calisthenics um Mike Law I know he's one of my best friends of 20 years we broke in together and he's driven as any other person I've ever seen he goes through his moments but we're still in it for a reason we still think we have a lot to give to the business. Are you calling Joey Ace lazy? Is that what you're saying? I'm just kidding. Who? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so a couple months ago, uh, AJ, I, I don't remember exactly when it started, but uh, these vignettes started appearing, uh, the, the guiding light, and, and uh, you're essentially walking around, and um, you have become a savior to so many Christ. Uh, Christ. You're, you're performing miracles, it, it seems like, almost on the daily uh, what what has been the uh, kind of the inspiration for all this, for this uh, total change from a lot of what you were kind of doing before? Uh, it goes back to last year. You know, during the pandemic, it hit all of us hard and it hit a different way. Uh, there was a time, you know, when I was just kind of down and out myself. I wasn't working. I didn't have pro wrestling. I didn't have any of my clients. I had really nothing going on. The bars weren't really open here. I didn't have a place to hang out. You know me for so long. I'm a social person. Sure. So without having, you know, getting to see a lot of my friends, I you know, I, I took a hit. I, I'm not going to lie. You know, and my mental health took a hit. And I, you know, I just really wanted to lock myself away at point. And it got to a point where finally something snapped in me. And I could either stay like that or I could reflect on my life and my career and I could evolve. And I chose to do that. And after everything started going wrong, once I did that, things slowly started to turn around for myself. And I realized I had the light all along as an agent. I shined the light on everybody I represent, and I got them to championships. I got them to bigger stages. So why not expand that? And not only to them, but to myself. Uh, now, what kind of uh, changes have you kind of experienced since kind of adapting this new outlook, not just to wrestling, but to life, it seems like? Uh, I feel a lot better. I mean, honestly, I was in a dark place last year. I mean, the last time, you know, you saw me with Joey, it was, you know, I, I was ready to just walk away. I was ready to, you know, just, I, I needed a break. I was burnt out mentally. And, you know, once now, once I accepted the light and I saw that I was your guiding light, I feel a lot better. And now things are picking up. I got Titan Championship Wrestling coming up, Upper Limit Wrestling I'm working uh, in May 23rd. Recombination Wrestling should be returning in the summer. I've rekindled a lot of relationships. Okay. I've spoken to new talent. The governor. I kind of, yeah. Sorry. The, the governor, yeah. The governor yeah. Called, yeah, it's part of the Holy Trinity. And Very cool. The agent, the governor, your guiding light. <laughs> I love it. It's all it's all together. Uh, one of the fans actually wants to know, with this whole kind of outlook, the, the, the whole guiding light thing, how important is forgiveness to you? Is that, is that something that you extol the virtues of? And uh, is there a possibility maybe that we'll see some uh, some kind of return to things of the past that maybe you've kind of turned your pack on in the past? That's a little vague, um, the first by the part, way. Yeah. I'm sorry, who was I just said that's a little vague, by the way, but that's what they asked, so. Um, no, it's actually a good question. It's a two-parter. Um, so the first part of it, uh, forgiveness is a very is a big part of it. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, like, there's some of the, uh, I recently made peace with the, uh, the gentleman known as Too Good. They're a group of uh, Ace Andrews, Picasso, okay. Newland Park. So, um, you know, we had issues in the past uh, in BCW, and we finally, you know, 
Tyson and Olive Branch. I invited them over to the home office. We had a couple of drinks. We had some burgers and burgers for the boys. Nice. And, um, <laughs> and, we, and you know, we kind of we put things in the past. And we realized it's time to move forward. I'm enjoying seeing what they're doing in their career. They're following their life. So forgiveness is a big part of it. Um, now, for the second part, you can forgive, but as the saying goes, you don't forget. Okay. So where I may put some things in the past and try not to have that anger that I did have maybe five, six months ago, you know, I, I'll, I'll let the bygones be bygones, but at the same time, it'll never be what it was for certain people. Okay. I can understand that. Uh, by the way, as somebody who uh, got to have burgers with the boys at some point not too long ago, I can tell you, AJ, I, I can see what I was missing out on. It's uh, quite the experience, even if you won't. Oh, so wait, they, so one time gone, they invited you out? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to have a talk with Ray. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, <it's>, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, it, it's, it's absolutely tremendous stuff. And I'm so glad, AJ, that your career has, uh, you know, kind of continued on in spite of all the obstacles from 2020. It's uh, it's kind of all about making lemonade out of lemons, I guess, to, to a certain extent. Oh, 100%. Again, I, I could have let a lot of the things that happened personally and professionally uh, take me down. And I could have – I've had a great career, so I could have hung it up and moved on. But after I took the time, again, to reflect, I realized I still have a lot more to give in the business than other people – reached out to me, you know, and they said, you can't, you can't leave yet. There's, you still have, you know, yeah. work, you know, work with me or, you know, you have stuff to, you know, do behind the scenes. So I still got the heart. I thought, I thought a lot of, about it. And after a while, you know, I decided time to step up and show other people what they're missing and take that wrestling up a notch. Because I, I said, while this happened, we're basically working with a clean slate now once we came back. Yeah, there was a lot of turmoil not only for myself but the wrestling industry. We saw a lot of what happened over the summer, so a lot of big names were taken out of the card. It was time, I think, for people who never, didn't necessarily—I guess this is not a fun—but who didn't get that light shine shown on them, who didn't get that spotlight. Now there was a chance for them to step up, try something new, do something. So that's what I decided to do. I said, you know what? I said, but maybe find the agent. Took a rest, and maybe I needed to have a new outlook on life because I was carrying a lot of anger with me since mm-hmm. since uh, since since Artaglia, uh, you know, went on went on his hiatus. I was angry. Some of my best work. Yeah, it was some of my best work, but it, it gave me a lot of personal anger. So I, we got, I feel a lot better now. We we got absolutely wasted for that period where he was uh, just not running shows for the better part of a year, and that was before was, the pandemic, ironically. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was, it, that was a hard time. But and again, like what we did, we, we made lemonade out of lemons. You know, sure. we could have left it. The company, it, it, this is God honest truth. If it wasn't for me and Joey, the company probably would stay dead longer than it originally was. We went out there and created content. We went out there and we said our truth. Yeah. We got people talking about the company again. We had the belt defended in other companies. Yeah. Uh, you you guys were advancing storylines. Uh, there wouldn't have been a new Mid Atlantic title, a legacy title, uh, without you guys. Does it bug you, AJ? And not to be too bitter or too negative or whatever, but does it bother you to be on a show with a bunch of wrestlers who just there's no promos, there's no plugging. It's just show up at the show on the day of the show. Does that bother you? One hundred percent. It's it's yeah. It shows a lack of effort. You just go in there to collect the payday, and it's horrible when okay. we're putting in effort 
24-7. We're thinking about stuff. Well, okay, you don't have to show up that day. Three days later, not even the car ride home, you're thinking, okay, even yeah. if they have nothing particularly planned, we have to build up what we did. We have to get people talking and want to come to the next show. Not, not just going on Twitter the day after and posting at Jim Felt. What is that going to do for a show that you're working on? Yeah. But, you know, it gets, it get you know, you have, you have the Buddy Buddy Club and it gets, it gets, uh, it gets rewarded instead of the people who put the work in. And that's something I've always been against. But, you know, such is life and you move on to other places and you get appreciated for where you, where you do put the hard work in our shows. Well, I mean, if you could uh, talk about this whole Holy Trinity thing that you kind of mentioned, you know, obviously we have uh, the guiding light, we have the uh, agent, and we have the governor. Uh, so is this like a kind of a three phases of Foley kind of thing going on, or what, what's the uh, what's the deal with that? No, it's the union of everything. It's not it's not a total change. It's not a one. It's not me becoming something that I'm not. It's just three I'm aspects of who you are. Exactly, because it's so okay. far the agents that were great. Yeah, and the governor still, but with this with this new outlook on life, you have to evolve all those together and become your guiding light. And that's where I'm going to lead others to success, not just the PCA. Okay. So I, I mentioned before, I'm going to downsize. I'm going to keep it to a handful of people who were there for me, but otherwise, I'm there to help out others, whoever needs. Wow. Life okay. That's life. a huge I'm change. Help them in their careers. Okay. Okay. Uh, one of the fans wants to know what the uh, celebratory drink is for the uh, for the actual birthday celebration. Saturday night will be Johnny Walker Black and Co. But because I have a <laughs> show the uh, next day, it's going to be cider and shots of Fireball. I got to take a little bit easy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You, now you don't usually. Um, I. <laughs> I probably. Don't. That never. No, I'm I'm gonna gonna say, yeah, but you don't usually um, drink on the day of the shows, so like it's uh, it must be difficult for you sometimes because uh, that's a very social aspect of who you are, right? Sure. Wait, I, why do I have to drink on? The, I can drink after the show. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. No, I meant before, just because like like a lot of people drink because it kind of opens them up socially or whatever. That's not the case with you. I mean, you're just kind no. of. Well, it's like it's you with the volume turned up to 20, I guess, when you have a couple of drinks, right? Is that, oh, is yeah. that a fair enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got you. All well, the inner thousand fantasies, I've been told, come out once I get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Uh, AJ, uh, here's another listener one. Uh, they want to know what you think uh, when you see lesser talented people on television and knowing that you've been on the indies for this long, just kind of toiling away. You know, you wait, everybody's going to lie and say it doesn't bother them. I mean, for a second, even if we are a little while, of course, like, how do they make it on and you then? Mm-hmm. But then you, you but then you get rid of that feeling and you take that feeling and you just work harder. Some people have their time. Some people take longer. You know, it's, it's, not the, uh, it's not the destination. It's a journey, I say. So, you know, some people take longer and you just got to keep putting the hard work and you can't get discouraged. You go, keep pushing forward, and... It should, it should drive anybody. You take a day, you, you sulk and be like, man, how did they do that? I can't believe, who did they talk to? What did they do differently than I did? But then you're like, you know what? I'm going to put that into hard work. I'm going to keep creating content. I'm going to keep doing the best that I can do when I go out there on ringside. And you're going to hope for the best. Well, you're just going to have fun, too. When okay. it becomes a job, it's time to leave. When you well, start getting true. excited or nervous when you walk out, 
thankfully. Now, uh, you, you being the agent, and this is one of my favorite games to play with you, by the way. We did it, I think, the last two years, and I absolutely love it. So, first off, is there anybody that you kind of see on TV? And I guess that there's like four or five different companies now on television. Uh, but, like, is there anybody that you see and you just think, like, man, I would just, like, absolutely love to represent them on any level? Right now, hmm, that's a, that's a, that's a, good, that's a tough one right now. I've mainly just been watching the indie scene and who I'd like to work with. But, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, selfish reasons because I'm friendly with, you know, I, I say Johnny Gargano and uh, Candice right in the way. I love what they're doing right now. So they immediately come to mind. I could see you hanging out in the living room with them. I yeah, could. definitely. I could, I could, yeah, that's <laughs> why I can see that. And I can see everybody's personalities dysfunctionally meshing well. Yeah, that's cool. So on top of my head, I would say that. That would be the group I would want to be involved in. What do you think about, uh, like, for example, we've seen some uh, some personas really undergo radical shifts in the last year. One that comes to mind, for example, Rap Boy Show on it right now, uh, Alexa Bliss, uh, one of our favorites, both of us. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about some of the stuff that she's been doing lately? It's hot and cold. Uh, I liked it for a while. I liked it at the start of the uh, gimmick with the fiend. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked when she would change, like, throughout the matches, and then, like, you see some, like, when she went to the old Alexa Bliss, mm-hmm. she would put some expressions on her face where it's, like, you kind of wonder, like, wait, like, now is she trying to escape? Does she not know what she's doing? Does she want to get a help? And then they kind of faded away from that, and now it's just this one demonic character. And now you don't really see Bray too much, so I kind of know what to think of this one right now with Lily. But for the most part, I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the way she was working on the kind of three different characters. Yeah, the little way really things a little weird. I, I got to admit, it's, uh, yeah, even for me, it's weird, and, and I'm pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, with, with no back and forth of Bray and his character, yeah. it kind of falls a little flat for me. Yeah. And, and, like, somebody else pointed out to me, it's like, it's strange, because it's like, she's kind of adopted this, like, thing where she acts like she's five years old now. And it's like, one of the things that really worked for her was, like, the inherent sexuality, and they somehow managed to, like, strip her of that while at the same time having her look almost the same. It's, it's really kind of a, a a weird, weird kind of position that they put her in, I think. Just my thought. Yeah, like, at the beginning, you know, it was, again, like, she was, like, kind of, like, controlled by the fiend, and she kind of, like, kind of, like, I guess an attachment, we could say. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. And then she did the three-face to Foley. That I enjoyed. But then this whole new layer of it. I, I don't, yeah. I want to like it because I like her as a performer, but yeah, I can't I can't really get into it. Any um any women, either on television or uh or, or on the independence or whatever, that uh you really kind of like where they're going? A- an honorable mention for me, for example, would be Chelsea Green. I, I was amazed that they would let her go. Uh, I really thought she was going to be a top star. The Iconics were a complete shock. I oh don't my know God. what they were yeah. thinking letting them go. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Uh, they have a bright future wherever they go. Uh, Britt Baker is fantastic. Her work in the past year has both promo-wise and in-ring work has skyrocketed. So I'm a big fan of hers right now. Um, on the independent scene, I mean, there's so many great girls out there right now. You know, Thunder, well, even though she's on AEW, I think she's, you know, back and forth. Uh, Thunder Rose is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Ray Lynn. Uh, 
Uh, Heather Monroe, I'm a fan of hers. Danny Jordan. Uh, right here on the uh, East Coast scene, I'm going to say this right now. She's one. I've said it a few times. Uh, Notorious Nene. She's had a yes. great upside. Okay. Looking at her right now and seeing her work, I'm going to, and it's, you're gonna, everybody's going to say it's too bold right now, but I said it in the past. At the stage in her career where I saw Tessa Blanchard at the same time, where yeah. I saw Deanna Perrazzo, and where I saw uh, the now style story. If this girl keeps on the path she's on, I see that with Notorious Nene. There you go. That's a pan prediction right there. It's an exclusive yes. for us. I, I, I really am digging it. I, I am. Uh, a couple more names. I, I just want to get your thoughts. What do you think about Sammy Zayn? I love Sammy, and I love the character. I love what he's doing with it, but I miss, I want to see He's such a great worker, so I hate seeing him just be the Weasley heel. Okay. I miss his five-star matches. How about MJF? And, oh, I, yeah, I, I'm so happy for what he's done. He, he took the ball <laughs> and he scored so many touchdowns with it from being on shows with him four years ago when yeah, yeah. that developed and now just seeing him in main event angles every week. It's great to see. He's one of the I mean, top wheels right now. It's really him, too. Like, that's really how he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Sure. <laughs> he, he was all right to me. I never had an issue yeah, yeah. with that. So. <laughs> he was a jerk to me. Exactly. But he's such a talented guy. Uh, another another name that uh, always jumps out at me. It's somebody about a year ago that I thought was going to be a top guy in AEW. Now I I can't make up my mind from week to week. What what do you think about Sammy Guevara and the uh, you know, the, the the kind of transition, the roller coaster that he's been through over the last year? I like Sammy a lot. Uh, I think they the way they did the Inner Circle Pinnacle angle that one like one or two weeks that he was gone and he quit. That was maybe that kind of messed it up a little bit. Like if they would have just had him finally go up at Max and you know Jericho stand by him and like no, this is our group from the beginning. It would have made more sense to me. I think that might have hurt him a little bit. Otherwise, he's been kicking it, you know, knocking out of the park. I'm a bit. He still has a huge upside. They haven't they haven't wasted him too much, so there's still time for him to grow. All right. Uh, how about Bobby Lashley? You know, I'm, it's a, I'm a huge Miz fan, so uh, <laughs> that was my I, next I really want to see him yeah. get a longer run with with the title, so that really hurt. But okay, you know, I, but lastly, he he's earned it. He's definitely earned it. Well, one of the good guys in the business, super talented. He definitely earned it, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him. And I, him and MVP, I wish they didn't break up the hurt business, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, sure, and that's definitely something yeah. we've talked about. Uh, and and the Miz, I mean, you know, that's somebody that I think uh, you and I actually we're, we have a lot in common with that because I think that uh, the Miz has been very underutilized in the last couple of years, and I, I think he's consistently done very well with everything that he's been given. Um, do you think there's a chance, uh, having just seen that documentary tonight, actually, uh, twenty four on the uh, on the, the Peacock Network? Um, do you think that there's a pretty good chance, like I do, that uh, he's probably going to have a pretty decent third title reign before he's done? I would like to say yes, but I, uh, I, I hate to say I don't see it. I think they kind of just gave him that, you know, to, I hate to like, kind of like thank him for all he's done. And I think he's sadly just settled in now into that, that upper mid-card echelon at, yeah, yeah. Building him once in a while and then helping him get younger guys over, which is fine, but they they really they could have they had more with him. They had more they could have done with him. 
Okay. He's a great talker. His in-ring work has improved a thousand percent since when he first started. He's great with media. He has a reality show. It's it's just yeah, it's a shame they don't do more with him. But you know, he was in he was in a WrestleMania match against Bad Bunny, so it got him a lot of eyes. He has yeah. to be credited a lot for that. So you know what? He's doing well. He's making good money. He's married to Marie, so <laughs> he's doing that bad. Yeah, I was gonna say he can't, he's uh, he's doing pretty well. So uh, you have you have Titan Championship Wrestling, as you mentioned. Uh, this Saturday. Give us the details for people who uh, maybe want to check that out. Yeah, you can follow them on Instagram, Titan Championship Wrestling. It's in Jackson, New Jersey. Uh, I believe uh, 6, uh, 7 p.m. bell time, but there are some extras before that. There's a, a secret show at 6.30. I don't know what that's all about. But, wow, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for a half hour, it's a secret show. So I'm interested to see what happens there. But the main part of that, you know, is, coming out to see on the high holiest day of the Church of Pan on my birthday, we're going to celebrate with a TCW middleweight championship win when Rachel Eastry defeats Nikos Ricos and uh, J.D. Alpha. It was supposed to be simply Stan Styles in the match as well, but he suffered an injury, so uh, Stan wishing you best wishes, but he's out of the match, so better chance for Rachel Eastry to score that one. Sounds that good. Sounds good. Tell me, uh, tell me Marlon Dinkins gets to work the secret show, please. He should be kept a secret, Marlon. <laughs> I, just, I'm just I, I, I love Marlon, but yeah. Yeah, he loves me. I'm sure he's <laughs> He's got it even more now. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you can't resist. Now, I, I, it sounds like an absolutely tremendous time. And, of course, you still have uh, Bree. And uh, what was the other one? It was Bree. It's the trifecta for uh, you. I'm going to what was it? Upper uh, Upper Limit Wrestling. Upper Limit Wrestling. I'm not real familiar with that one. Uh, they're having, it's, actually, it's actually their debut show on May 23rd. Okay. Okay. And I will be doing commentary for the, uh, for the first time in a while, rejoining with a good friend of mine, Cheyenne Ortiz. So we're going to be doing color for that. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we already shot some promos and stuff for it. Had a great time with that. So, uh, uh, again, same thing. You know, the company seems like a lot of fun. The promoter had a good conversation with him. He has uh, a good view on what he wants to do with the company, and he's been yeah. very open and, yeah, open to suggestions. So it's good to have companies around again who are looking to have fun and open yes. to different ideas that, yeah, not just, you know, selling for the same old, same old, and, the, you know, the brother, brother, brother club. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, how do you feel about the announcing? I, I know it's something that you've kind of done on and off over the years. Is that something that you really enjoy versus, like, being at ringside? Uh, I love being at ringside, but, you know, sometimes it's fun to do something different. Again, I want yeah. to try something, and when this, the opportunity arose, I said, you know what, let me try it. Let's, let's, let's have some fun. It's working with somebody who I've wanted to work with again for, you know, we haven't worked together for five years, but we're great friends. Okay. So, when the, yeah, so when the chance happened, we said, you know what, hey, let, let's have some fun and see what happens. I love it. Uh, so, AJ, if people want to kind of follow you on social media, check out everything that you've got going on, uh, always releasing promos, like I said, always definitely willing to lend your thoughts on just about anything in professional wrestling, uh, where can people follow AJ Pan? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AJPan underscore PCA, on uh, Instagram, AJPanPC. And if you want to snag a really cool AJ Pan t-shirt, go to storefrontier.com. AJ Dash Band.
All right, and I'm glad that you didn't give out your address because Kathy would have been stalking you for sure. So that uh, that that was good that uh, that you didn't do that. Yeah, no, we don't give out that address. We we only give the, the, the address to the, uh, the church of Pan, but you can come leave donations and for donations. Uh, I'll be yeah. going up to Venmo and Cash App soon for that. Now, now, have you passed around the basket of the show? That's kind of what I'm expecting. No, that's coming. That's coming soon because fans have been they want to donate to the clergy. Well, I, I would think so. Yeah, yeah, the congregation. So the congregation they want to support. So it's coming. It's coming. We're gonna have the uh, you know the uh, we're gonna have the um. Uh, the uh, donation bin, and we're gonna and I'm gonna have the the Ben Mullen cash app set up, so you can always love it. There. I love it. I love it. So this AJ Pan, and by the way, uh, doing the video with you was so much fun. It's great to actually be able to see your face when we're doing this. It's uh, kind of weird in a way, but I, I thought it really flowed well. So thank you for the time tonight as we head into commercial, AJ. <laughs> Definitely always a fun time. You know, I, I miss doing the wrap up show with you and Phil. We had great time. Uh, that. We got to start doing stuff like that online. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was telling Phil. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll definitely be in touch, man. And uh, best of luck at Titan Championship Wrestling this Saturday. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you real soon, my friend. Yes, definitely. Sounds my good. fellow pop for the birthday, always a great time. Since we're signing off, I'll do a shot of the uh, official, the holy water. <sighs> then, then do you <laughs> consecrate that? Do you consecrate that before you drink it, or? Well, I, I just made the hand. Okay. Oh, so now it's, uh, yeah. That's now it. it's now holy. It's, now it's fine. It's pure, yeah. I'm right with you. Woo, there we go. Peace, my brother. Thank <laughs> you so much for the time tonight. Happy birthday. Take care, brother. Thank you. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you, Kat. <laughs> All right. Love you, brother. I'll talk to you real soon. All right. I'll talk to you soon, bro. All right, and so uh, the number, guys, if you want to call in, 914-338-1885. We are up against a commercial break, and on the other side, uh, we will uh, have some fun. We'll take some callers. We're definitely going to talk some only, and we've got a bunch of other topics as well on the docket. So be sure to uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... <laughs> What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I don't want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Please go after, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno Sammartino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a loss. Did you have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is over here. 
rule, as I always understood and wanted to, the title could only be lost by printer or submission, which is the same rule as uh, my title, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. That's nice. Uh, it was to sign up. It's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com/vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions, in conjunction with Blu Ray Atlantic City, proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th. Featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter, and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band, Shades of Grey, playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventsbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Boo Ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Since 2012, HIC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Legon every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. 
the worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. turn it off. It wouldn't let me turn it down. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to In the Room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, right here live on VOCNation.com. Uh, Brady Hicks here, 914-338-1885. Uh, we wanted to thank AJ Pan for spending some time with us before his birthday this uh, this this weekend. And uh, Kathy, I don't know if you had the chance to check out any of his vignettes since he became the guiding light. But it's some of the funniest stuff that I've ever, ever seen from independent wrestling. He's... <laughs> Have you seen these? I saw a couple, yeah. You see, he's like, he goes around and, like, he, he's, like, he's performing miracles for people. Like, he's going around and, like, you know, he's he's uh, giving them $100 bills that he's, like, manifesting out of the air and stuff like that. It was absolutely amazing stuff. But, you know, that... I would really, really, really get behind Jesus if he gave a hundred dollars with his miracles. You know, I would, I would just. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Christian anyway, but I'd just be like, man, like I'll follow this guy anywhere. You know, I'm only playing. Nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five is the number to get in touch with us here tonight. And you heard the circus music, and that that wasn't by accident, of course, because the callers are coming real soon. Guys, hang tight. Uh, we're going to get to you in short order, in the order that you called in. So it looks like we're looking at Malcolm and Tora and Rapoy and you. Again, 914-338-1885. Uh, we're talking about a lot of different stuff before the commercial break. Kathy, you uh, you threw at us that incredible, incredible uh, Booker T story. And uh, we'll be sure to include that as part of the uh, Patreon. So be sure to subscribe there. Uh, <laughs> just go to vocnation.com and click on the premium section of the website, and the offers start as low as $3 a month. So be sure to check that out. Before we really kind of dive headfirst back into everything, and it is a shallow pool, by the way. Uh, Stro, what do you got going on this week? That's a bad joke. I have someone that was like, I know someone that was paralyzed doing that. It, it's horrible, but uh, it is kind of like what we're doing with the callers. I, I, I guess that it leaves diving out of the question. Yeah. Headfirst, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Right? Oh, goodness. Oh, this Thursday night on WCW Retro uh, at 19 meeting standard time on VCNation.com. I'm going to be talking about the career of the Junkyard Dog. So if you've got any cool JYD stories and memories, please call in. It should be a lot of fun. Well, we got a caller that does uh, a great JYD impression. We'll get to him shortly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> and then Friday night <laughs> at midnight Eastern Standard Time on my horror sci-fi show, The Stro Zone, at midnight Eastern Standard Time. Of course, the the feature will be Torture Ship from the 1930s. So please tune torture in. Torture Ship. Wow. Torture Ship. You know, I dated a girl in college who drove one of this. Dated a girl in college who was one of those. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Did she walk the plank? No, but I often felt like I was. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're talking off air tonight about uh, the women's division in WWE and a lot of their classic missteps and stuff like that. But, I mean, Ray, you had this uh, incredible topic for tonight. Why don't you go ahead and introduce it? I mean, we were talking about about the women's division and how it's sort of it's sort of this like little microcosm of all the managerial missteps that WWE makes on a regular basis. And then we've been on the show talking about for how how long have we been doing the show together? Oh, um, I mean, decade? yeah, like nine years, eight nine years, yeah, something I mean, like that. Yeah, it's been a it's been a lot. We've been on this show together a long time. Pretty much making the same criticism to one degree or another. Sometimes it's been fairly tempered. Sometimes it hasn't. It hasn't been nearly as tempered. And I think going to be one of those times where it's not nearly as tempered because this has been sort of a rising theme and it's kind of coming to a crescendo over the last year. Mia Yim is going to end up being in WWE programming sooner rather than later. Probably this Friday. And the word is that she is going to end up being in a program with Carmella. And if you are a fan of Carmella, or if perhaps you are Carmella yourself and you are listening, know that perhaps. I do not yeah, know that I do not mean this as a slight good. I don't. I think that Carmella is actually a very good part of a healthy women's division. I think very she brings a lot. I think she brings a lot of things to the table. A whole lot. She sure does. Brady, I'm going to list the names that WWE currently lists on their SmackDown roster. Mm-hmm. All right. Elise Ashton. Who's that? Bailey. Elise Ashton? Is an announcer? The name that's there. Gotta be. <laughs> okay. Bianca Belair. Carmella. Kayla Braxton. Liz Morgan. Italian. Ruby Riot. Sarah Schreiber. Sasha Banks. And Tamina. Now, I did skip over people who are obviously not going to be in the room. But, I mean, those are the names. They could conceivably either get back in, get transition to their role, or continue using the network. They the raw roster. Raw! Sorry. Raw! Raw is war, bud. <laughs> Uncooked. You have... Listed on Raw, Alexis Bliss, Asuka, still listing Becky Lynch, although I suppose you could skip her. I think she's coming back soon. Yeah, she hasn't come back yet, so I suppose suppose we could have skipped her. Charlotte Claire, Tina Brooke. I get further down. JoJo, Lacey Evans, she's pregnant, so I guess we could skip her. Lana. Andy Rose, Naomi, Nia Jack, Nick Cross. You guys, you guys get Shayna Baszler. You guys get the idea. 
you have a lot of women. You have an entire promotion of women that you're not doing anything with. And they don't want to do their own women's show. You have an entire promotion. Because you just won't do anything with it and you won't make a show to do it with. Right. And and you look at your assets. You look at things that all have shelf life. And you said the best use of our time and resources is Carmella. They're listening to this show, Brady, and they look at this, they're, mess, they're, they're screwing with us. They're messing with us. Either that or we are trapped, helping book. We are trapped in some kind of, like, WWE episode of Super Troopers, <laughs> where we are Jim Gaffigan, and they are the police officers. Just in some unending meow game with us. He, there's another there's another possibility, and I don't know if you thought about this. Uh, do you think this is Carmela's last chance? Because she's been given a number of chances now to really take off. Well, I mean, and we talked about this a little bit off of here, too. And I, I compare, I'll, I'll say what I said then. I, I'll compare this to, to choosing to put Bianca Belair in the position that they put her in by having her go over Sasha Banks. I disagreed with the move. I didn't think it was the best move. I thought we should have cut the belt on Sasha. I still think that now. But I understood the thought process, right, Stro? If you think somebody's a champion, then you put them in a position to be a champion and you see if it works, right? Absolutely. But we've seen what Carmella can do. This is not some unknown commodity. You know exactly what she's going to give you. You know exactly what she can do with the material that you're going to provide. You are not going to learn anything different now than you would have before. So if, it, if, if you're right, Brady, and I don't know how you could be, if you're right, to me, that's absurd. You know what you're going to get. Here's the thing. And, I, and I'm really curious what Stro thinks about this. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, WWE, as talent, that they consider top people on the roster, that most of the fans wouldn't really consider top women mostly because of what they can and can't do in the ring. If you were to ask WWE, I guarantee you, Carmella is ranked significantly higher than Tamina, uh, um, Natalia, I meant. Um, I don't think you would find very many fans that would say the same. The emphasis has been on the four horsewomen, on Asuka, on... Um, Natalia, you know, women that can actually go. Um, but WWE has been trying for the longest time to get the Alexa Bliss and the Carmellas and the Nikki Bellas and all these other women who like, and I'm not knocking them at all. Please don't take it like I'm, I'm, I'm talking bad about them. 
I'm just saying that if we were to rank them, you would have the women that can really, really go at the top, and then you'd have a gap, and then you'd have the rest of them. And WWE just doesn't see it that way, Stro. They just don't see it that way. It's uh, there's you know you know there's no love for Natalia compared to some of these other women, except in that locker room. Just my thought. Well, it seems like there's totally totally different dimensions between. NXT brand and the main roster on uh, which you have a totally different dynamic with the guys and gals in NXT just uh, doing their thing at a whole new level. I mean, very hungry people in the industry doing their thing and it, it just comes out so differently than the main roster and like even when you get the call-ups to the main roster, it's like it's almost as if some are getting called up or totally out of their element. Yeah, that's how different. How diff, how, that's how different the two uh, sides of the company are, if you will. Because it's, I mean, it's all just one company. All one yeah. company is just you know two different spectrums to deal with as far as business and and the way they they do things. So uh, it's just uh, it's it's a slippery slope, if you will. You know, yeah. going from one side of the coin to the other, if you will, and. and and what we what may work for one may not necessarily work for the other. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's my thing, and Ray, I'll kick it back to you. Um, WWE has been cultivating so much talent level, so such a standard on NXT that feasibly should be able to come up and almost main event their main shows just based on the way they position people. I'm, who's I, and I'm not trying to target anybody in particular, but like, who's the worst women's wrestler on NXT? I have a hard time thinking. I'm thinking probably like Indy Hartwell or Candice LeRae, uh, and and they're not bad at all. My point is that they could step onto Raw and be immediate title contenders, uh, but on NXT, they're kind of pushed down pretty far because there's some, some tremendous talent on NXT. And uh, it's just – it's a matter of the, the leadership. They're, they're looking for two totally, totally different things. And then these women come up to the main roster, and they flounder because they're not given the same opportunities that they were given in NXT in favor of the Carmellas and women like that, right? I mean, I guess I kind of want to take I – mean, you're, and you're right. There's the lack of opportunities of causing people to flounder. And – Anyone who's been in any kind of actual job should not surprise that. The only the only people listening to this show who should in any way go <gasps> are like are people that never left their parents' homes. Not like any of our colleagues. I can do an impression of a guy who never leaves his parents' home. But so can I. Um but actually, I want to take something that something that you said and something that Stro said, and then I kind of like to take the conversation back to Stro once he kind of gets a chance to chew on this. I, it is 100% like, yeah, it's one company, but it is like you are watching two completely different worlds. And it is, if you didn't see the little W logo, You'd be hard pressed to convince me that they're the same company. 
I mean, like we know they are, and like it's really out of space they are. But if you took, if you swept away the logos, you'd have a really hard time convincing somebody else. Yeah. They've cultivated a lot of talent, and I sort of wonder if this isn't a similar problem to what happened in WCW, where you've cultivated the talent, but you've decided to sort of look for your purple squirrel, your your perfect candidate that doesn't exist, and it's causing you to sort of, like, it's causing you to get lost among the trees instead of being able to see the forest. Because... I mean, Brady, you brought up how they'll, you know, they've been trying to promote. You, you, you mentioned Carmella again, and then he said, you know, the Nikki Bellas and the Alexa Blisses. The difference is, is Alexa Bliss can go. Thank and you. I will happily, Thank you. I will happily, I, for all the, for all the jokes that we make, and for for the sort of back and forth lighthearted segments that we have making fun of your your e girl crush on her or you know Derek's disdain for your e girl crush on her. The reality is that is that if you took a Alexa Bliss and just gave her like some replacement level some replacement level wrestler to have a program with and you let them go it's probably going to be pretty entertaining. I can't say the same for for Carmella, and I sort of wonder, Stro, is this is do you think maybe this is a matter of they've convinced themselves that things that look the same and act the same are the same. Uh, well, certain talents are have have uh, different fortes, if you will. And I, I think with Carmella, I mean, her, her talents are you know she's uh, she's very charismatic, uh, very good with her promo work, and um, she carries she carries herself well with her persona. And and and, and some she looks like a star. Uh, yeah, yes, exactly. And, and and some talents struggle with that. And yeah. not the same for saying that you know, they're not great talents because they are, you know, it's just, just it's just like the guys. I mean, some guys are better wrestlers than they are charismatic figures, more or less, and vice versa. There's some that have the best of both worlds. Yeah. So I mean it's, you know, it all depends on the the forte of the talent that you know, what what they can bring to the table more or less. It's interesting uh, to hear to hear Stroh say that stuff because mm-hmm. a lot of the things he just said are things that I thought about Carmella for a while. Now. That that you look at her and she does she looks like a star, and and when she talks, I mean, the, as a heel, the accent works. Mm-hmm. I mean, she sounds like a star. And Brady, you brought it up. Man, wouldn't it be great if they would know? I was know. a shooting star. I wasn't being dirty. Maybe. Sorry. No, Brady, but no, you, you, you brought up you brought up a good point that, you know, a little bit earlier, and this Brady has been off air, you know, that, okay, they don't want to do a, they don't want to do a show of women. 
because they have all these people. They need to be putting women together to form teams that make sense and work. And boy, wouldn't it be great if you could do like a Haku and Andre type deal where you have one person, Carmella, that she, and, and she is the madman. Because Strum said it best. Like, her charisma, her, the way she carries herself, the way she talks, that's star material. Wouldn't it be nice if you could have her be the antagonist and put her with someone that can really work so that you have a complete team? And you're getting more yeah. people on, and you're putting people in meaningful programs. Yeah. I I agree. Preferably somebody from NXT that could actually go so that you're introducing a new persona along the way. And not kind of devaluing somebody that you've already got up there. Wait, you mean, do you mean to tell me that by placing new faces with established stars and then allowing them to work in programs and establish themselves that they can then become in and of themselves stars? I, I would think so. Makes sense to me. Uh, let, let's go to Tora. Tora, are you there? Tora. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm, what do you like better? Do you like Carmella or Caramel? Or Carmella covered in Caramel? Ooh. Or, or Caramel well, covered in Carmella? Well, if you want to be honest, um, three or four, Brady, I have something... I have something more important on my mind tonight that's been really Uh-oh. bugging me. in shooting mode. Um, yeah, I was in the U.S. Army for 12 years and nine months, and we had a lot of chemical training for, um, you know, in case we had. I did uh, that in college. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we had CS and stuff like that. We had to prepare for that. Okay. Yeah, and what bugs the crap out of me is uh, who's the idiot that issued these masks? I mean, it's just a piece of cloth. How the hell is that going to defend you from from this corona stuff? I mean, I had an M17A1 chemical mask I used to put on. I had to blow out. I had to pull the straps on. I had to suck in, you know, and I had to prepare myself. I even had to even have eye inserts in there. You know, and I've been thinking it over, Brady, and I yeah. get real good at at straightening my credit and my finances out. And I made a rule well, of myself: I'm not I'm not doing anything Amazon or like anywhere that, yeah. un, until I get my credit back to where it was January. I want those Amazon drones. And I was those drones from Amazon. Malcolm, is this going to is, is this going to interfere with your Amazon drone purchases? No, no. That, that's I want my credit that back. Credit not, back. Credit back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know when it started, Brady, it started. I had my credit straightened out, and a lady named Max Wassa uh, told me her producer Uh-oh. and her director stiffed her. On, on on her income. So she calls me up in Santa Nella in this Motel 6. I'm up visiting my family at Christmas time in 2017 yeah. in December. And she tells me she needs money 
her and her daughter, Danny, uh, they have nothing. They're eating Chinese food for dinner for Christmas. They have no ornaments, Sounds no horrible. tree. You know, and I started loaning. I love Chinese I, I took out a loan from Citibank for $2,000. I would get really working. I gave her six. Uh, well, she didn't have enough money for a rent. And I gave her $1,600 of that $2,000 to pay her rent off. That was you know, I haven't seen... I haven't oh, man, seen a so penny of that since then. Agarol? You know, so nobody can, nobody can ever say about me that I don't have I a apologize good, you know, I'm not a tight wad. I don't have a yeah. good heart. You know, I just want to, I just want to make that statement because I bend over backwards <laughs> trying so to help people. Three double cheeseburgers are running out tonight. Oh, nice. I'm wondering how many the Chinese know, Brady, places open down the street. Yeah. I you know I'm I remember I gotta tell you a funny story. I mean I think you'll love okay. this one. I was working at Carl's Juniors in I think it was nineteen eighty nine. Uh no, it's not a Hardy's back there, it's Carl's Juniors. It's Hardy's I got, back I guess here on the East yeah, Before they combine them. Yeah, I got you. But anyway, we were closing the restaurant. I was dead tired when I got back to my apartment. We were living in Citrus Heights, it's a little bit north of Sacramento. And there's this idiot down below me, this neighbor, and he's having a party and I asked him, Hey, could you cool it? I want to get some sleep. So he just kept it up. So I woke up the next morning and the Raiders were playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And when the Raiders lost the game in Kansas City, I picked and this made the ultimate warrior and it made um uh who was it? Sting and some other wrestlers when I told them this story, Roddy Piper laughed at this. I picked the couch up, pressed it over my head like the ultimate warrior, and I let the damn couch drop. And that motherfucker ran out the door. Earthquake! And, and 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 he was shook up, and I just stood there on the balcony, and I looked at him, and I'm just smiling, and and and, and he's like, and I said, hey, come up and get some, baby. I love it. The whole thing about whole thing about it, Brady, is I do. I'm like Roddy. I'm more like Roddy Piper than Hulk Hogan. I do exactly what I want to do. <laughs> Just like when he wrestled the Iron Sheik, you know, on that episode of Saturday Night Men Event, and he told Pedro Morales, "Get out of the ring. This is my match, dude." <sighs> That's me. Okay. I, everybody says I do a good, good impression of the champ, Hulk Hogan. But I tell you what, I'm more like, like Roddy Piper. I'm built like Roddy Piper. I look, I got most of my hair still like Roddy Piper. I cut my hair short. You don't have much. Long, sorry, I I said it, like the old Roddy Piper is a bad Roddy Piper. So Keep going bald. That's me. No, yeah. I ain't bald. I, I got more hair. No, no, I'm 57, is. and I'm proud yeah. of how I look. Roddy Piper told yeah. me, he said, you look good for your age. That's what he used to tell me every time I met him. He said, Malcolm, I don't know. You know what my mom used so to young. say? My mom used to say, act your age, not your shoe size. That's but right. I always there's a lot that. of people. Yeah. Brady, there's a lot of yeah, people like in this Prince. world that I have dealt with. They show their shoe size instead of their ten. age. <laughs> but Brady, Malcolm, I'm what a question. Malcolm, yeah. 
I'm gonna straighten my we're, uh, out, man. Sounds like you're on a bender. <laughs> Malcolm, we're uh, we're doing a we're do a WCW retro is gonna be doing a tribute to the junkyard the dog this Thursday. Yeah, the junkyard yeah, dog out <laughs> Let's go, Holly, junkyard Holly, dog, man. Holly race. Uh, the dog on the back, yeah, the one man, and that's a good Lord above. Uh, I love, I, love him. I didn't get yeah. to meet him, but man, I wish I could have met him. Because I remember Brady, he had a match on Saturday night's main event. It was May 1986. I was on security guard duty, <laughs> and I was watching this after hours. And him and the, yeah. the champ, Hulk Hogan, they teamed up, man, and they took on Jimmy Hart. They took on Terry and Hoss Funk with Jimmy Jack Funk in their corner. And the JYD and Hulkster had the hated kid to keep an eye on Jimmy Hart. You know, so they had their I love it. Love you, Malcolm. Thank you so much for the call tonight, brother. You're uh, you're truly I, – I give your brother our best as well. I uh, Always great to talk to you, Malcolm. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, yeah. So uh, I I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys um picked up on it. I actually didn't notice, but uh, AEW last week they had that match, right? That that the hardcore mm-hmm. thing with the cage and the crash pad and all that stuff, and they called it blood and guts. And I thought that was a little strange. I was like, why would you call it? I don't know. It just sounded hokey, and it sounded stupid. It turns out. I don't know if you guys remember this, but that was how Vince McMahon described AEW in that press call that they did, in the financial call when they first came out. He said they were a, they were a blood and guts company. So that's where that came from. Kind of to funny. Me it's funny, but to me that seems small. Yeah. Like small minded. Yeah, like that's. What? So if someone if someone insults you in the locker room, or like they do something to try to sort of impede your own progress in your career, is it the better move to just like be better than them? Like, why draw attention to that insult? Oh. Oh yeah, I mean, success is always the best remedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Isn't, don't you think like um, that sounds like something that Eric Bischoff would have done though? Like if WWE had made some kind of a comment about them, and they could turn it around and use that to their advantage, don't you think that they maybe would have? Oh, look what he did with the Monday Night Wars. Remember when they were saying, "Don't watch Monday Night Raw," that Mick Foley just won the title. Yeah, and and everybody like. Change the channel. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Oh man. It's not. It. It. That just sounds like that, that's so petty and little brother. Like, if you want to look, if yeah. your hat, if your hat, if you're happy being the smaller promotion that doesn't get the that doesn't necessarily get the attention. That isn't necessarily going to break into mainstream consciousness every now and then. But yeah, like you do, you do. But 
if you if, if you consider yourself to be a challenger, which by all indications that's what they say they consider themselves to be. Yeah. But you need to ask them. Especially since they put on a pretty I mean they're not without their flaws, but they put on a pretty decent show, by and large, from week to week. Um, little heavy on the gang yeah. war stuff, but they, yeah. they certainly don't need to rely on that. You know that that doesn't doesn't need to be their thing. No, it doesn't. Like I said, it just seems it seems so petty to me. And I gotta tell you, like now, and again, I'm not. I've never been in a professional wrestler. I've never been in the stance of being a professional wrestler, so I can only speak to this like as an outsider adult who has a regular adult job. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I would want to go work at an organization that is so small that it's focused on, it's focused on getting it to competitors instead of just succeeding at it. I couldn't picture WWE doing that, even if they were trailing. I'm trying, like, my hardest to think of an example where they took something derogatory lodged at them and used it to try to use it to their advantage. I, I can't think of a single example. I can't. It's one of those things where you just say, well, better. This isn't a creative preference thing. Yeah. This, is, this isn't... This isn't yeah. a presentation preference thing or a talent yeah. preference. This is, this is literally like I need you. I need you off camera if you're if you want to be a big boy promotion. Then I need you to act like big boy. Yeah, yeah. it's an indie thing. It's I have no. Yeah, you know it's a bad indie thing. Yeah, but it's something they would do. Yeah, I have ninth graders that understand that that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but like if if 14 year olds that over the years have wandered into my classroom know the difference between something stupid and something not stupid, yeah. Then you, as as a supposedly top tier wrestling, you need to do better. I, you know, it doesn't look bad on you. It looks bad on me for being a fan of your dumbass. You know, I, I'm going to uh, – let, let's go to the phones. I'm going to take Steve because I'm sure he's got something to say about this, being a, a huge AEW fan. Uh, so welcome back to the show, Steve. Uh, we're talking about blood and guts. We're talking about blood and guts. And and, and obviously, um, I, I mean, they named the, the, the match after something derogatory that Vince McMahon said about them in a press call. Don't you think that's a little amateurish? Um, well, I know they don't have the War Games uh, trademark, so yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of ambivalent to it. Like, I'm not really bothered or uh, ambivalent. Really, for it. I like that Steve's a caller who can use actual words. And and I'll bet you, if I looked up the meaning, that would apply. I think I think more people are upset about the uh, camera angle at the end. That's why I keep hearing. Well, that was pretty bad, yeah. And the, and, and the whole, like, yeah, just the idea with the crash pad. And, like, it, it looked like he went through, like, a metal, like, ramp. And, like, he didn't. He landed on, like, a bed. 
You know, I, but I mean, I mean that didn't bother me so much. They do that kind of stuff all the time. What they had to do was have him fall the level below, so you couldn't actually see what he was landing on. But not the end of the world for me. I just thought it was really strange. I I can't imagine Steve. For example, if somebody said WWE was like, you know, if they said something negative about WWE, I can't imagine that they would use that to take a shot at the other company, that whatever they're called. I, I just, I, I can't think of a single example where that happened. Yeah, that's a come back to you if I find anything. Because, yeah, I don't Because they usually, they try not to, uh, they try not to mention the competition, okay. but they did have that same event yeah. promo where he said, you could ask me about AEW, but that wasn't really a shot. That was just kind of a weird problem. Yeah, that was like a, that was like a thing just to get people to notice and talk about it. And I, I mean, I knew this indie company show a couple of years ago. Um, they, they, um, <laughs> I might be mixing my stories up, but they had this wrestler, uh, and his name was John Cena. And he was, a, he, he dressed like, John, he was like a fat John Cena. He dressed like him. He used his music. He did all his moves, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. You can see where this is going, right? They get a legal letter. So they get rid of John Cena. And they run a show called Legal Letter Mania. I'm not even kidding about this. I know it's not ECWA in case anybody's wondering. It just I, I just thought it was, like, so strange. And, like, that's what made me say it's indie. Because that's not, I don't know. I know AEW is still exploring their roots and everything, and they're, they're still trying to figure out where they are. And by and large, they do a really good job, Steve. A little heavy on the gangs. But by and large, I think they do a really yeah, good job true. with what they have. I, I think I feel like if you're not are, if you're not in a group right now, you're just getting beaten down every week. Yeah, I think they are kind of jumping the shark with groups. Like, I, I think they just have a lot of talent, and they don't know how to get them on without putting them in a faction. I think that's part of it. I think so, but I'd rather just alternate who's getting on or make use of the other shows, or make use of their secondary show. AEW Impact. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. It ain't like that. <laughs> like, like a dark. It ain't like revelation. that. <laughs> no, yeah. I thought the um, I thought the Darby Allen bump was crazy. Like, and uh, it didn't look like a stunt man. It looked like like a live stunt. Like a live bump. Which one was uh, that? I'm trying to remember. It was earlier on that show. Darby Allen got thrown out, thrown downstairs by uh, Ethan Page. Oh, yeah. That's right, that yeah. That looked, um, at the, you know what that reminded me of? And I know it's not the same thing at all. It reminded me What's of when Brock Lesnar threw, threw Zach Allen. Yeah, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Or what Sue Sylvester does he, on Glee. But totally different thing, yeah. I think Zach Allen got uh I think that was a tape segment, but still, like, it was kind of intense yeah. for me because I wasn't expecting that. But, um, um, I think it was, like, even if it's taped, like, he still had to take some sort of a bump because they obviously threw him. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I thought 
I thought maybe I, I thought I heard that there might have been a stuntman involved, but yeah, I'm sure he took a bump maybe. for the could have been to make yeah. it right. But um, yeah, um, I was a super eight because I I saw a clip that uh, uh, Crowbar posted about his, his match with uh, Mike Law. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I I think a lot of people were surprised. Um, so Ricky Morton um, wasn't able to make the show, and a lot of people were disappointed by that. But uh, Crowbar has been, and he lives in the area right by Morganville. Um, he has been asking for a while for the opportunity to, because uh, he was in the first three. He was in 97, 98, and 99 for the Super 8, and uh, he hadn't been back since for, for Super 8. And he was kind of like semi-retired and stuff. So it was like a huge thing for him to get to come back, even though it was last minute. Literally, it all happened that day uh, that it came together. But, I, I mean, he was great. He uh, he kind of, I don't know, he was a different persona than, like, what he usually does. I, I don't know how to describe it. Um, one thing that struck me with Crowbar, and it's something, like, we don't often talk about on the show, but, like, the difference in size between, like, a lot of guys that end up, like, on television. Like, Crowbar is huge. When you look at, like, Mike Law, Mike Law is probably about five foot five, five foot six. He's not that big at all. He's shorter than me. And, uh, you know, just the size difference. And you see it all the time with, like, guys that were on television, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was a very good show. It was a very good show. Uh, kind of a weird ending with um, with the uh, the injury to uh, to Dasher Hatfield, a very good professional wrestler, and uh, they had to like kind of change it on the fly to where like Killian McMurphy won, and I don't think a lot of people expected that. But uh, yeah, it was a very good show. I thought. I know so, I rambled there. Like, how far into the tournament was that Crowbar Mike Law match? First round. Okay. First round. So, yeah, and like, then Crowbar lost uh, to Killian in the second round. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't follow it, but I might look more into it. Like, did they sell DVDs? It's on IWTV, so you'd have to get okay. a subscription. Oh, uh, yeah, Which yeah, isn't that bad. Right, I mean, a lot of independents are on there. Yeah, actually, when I went to um, I went to a show in Indiana, that's that's – who was filming it was IWTV, so I'm going to have to check it out mm-hmm. just to see if I can find that old Black Label show I went to, because that was fun. Okay, like, yeah, Morris was there, be on there. Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, IWTV, I wasn't really familiar with them, but they've been top-notch in everything that we've uh, kind of had dealing with them so far, yeah. so I, 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 you know, mean, they I have, have no complaints with them. I'm surprised they don't have a channel on Pluto because Pluto has a wrestling channel. They have like they have Impact. They have uh, like a like a general wrestling channel. And oh, really? Kinda cool, on, but, on Pluto? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like um, sometimes you'll see high spots like on Twitch. Like mm-hmm. sometimes they'll play stuff. But yeah, I'm going to look into that because uh, it's it's cool that there, there's indie shows popping up again. Um, Uh, who, who, who do you think was the best in the Super 8 this year? Um, Performance-wise. Yes, your Hatfield's other ankle. He, yeah, he was good. 
Um, Matt Mikowski was really good, too. I, I didn't know a lot about him. Are you familiar with him? He's got, like, an MMA background. Um, no, I'll have, to, I'll have to look him up. I, I'm familiar with that. I, I think it's I think Matt Mikowski. It's something like that, yeah. He, um, he looked really, really strong in the first round. And then he had a great match with uh, with a very good professional wrestler in the second round um, that honestly could have gone either way. And I think the fans kind of expected uh, Matt to pull it out. He just, you know, he, you know who he reminded me of, and it's not going to resonate with everybody, but certainly people that are familiar with ECWA and Super 8. Um, there was a young kid, uh, Nick Logan, out of Massachusetts. Uh, I think it was 2008. Or nine, I guess it was 2009. He came in, and uh, he's he's the younger brother of the Logan brothers, Matt and Brian Logan. Um, again, indie tag team, chaotic. Uh, you know, they, they came from the same company basically as uh, Kofi and um, Sasha Banks, basically. Um, so Nick Logan, more like an amateur wrestler, more like Kurt Angle. That's cool. I'll have to look them up after uh, do the call. Um, he's still there. I can't really hear anything. Hello? You still there? Brady? that he thinks he could get the same kind of reactions that Daniel Bryan was getting. And I was curious what you guys thought about it, because to me that's a pretty high standard to set. What do you think about that, Ray? Could Cesaro be the next Daniel Bryan? I just wonder about longevity at this point. I mean, I look, I love him going way back to the days when he debuted in Ring of Honor. Yeah. So, like, you're not... And... And, like, I, like when he came... When he came up with some of those other guys in that wave that he came up with, mm-hmm. I really thought that he was the one with the most upside. That dude has everything. There is no reason for him not to be bigger than big. Because they just they just never really done anything with him. I I, I wonder about longevity at this point. Um, I don't know. I mean, some of the Daniel Bryan stuff really was lightning in a bottle. Exactly. What? Like no, like no idiot was just. I, I don't. I don't. I don't care what kind of savant you are. Nobody was just sitting around the creative table going, "Why does he have him go out and point to the sky and say yes?" No one. No one just came up with that in a creative meeting. That happened on its own organically. I, as a side. As a side, I have a no, no, no T-shirt. And uh, I could never wear it because Derek said it sounded like sexual assault. So I never wore the thing after I bought it. 
It just said no, no, no. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. But no, I, I there's no reason people couldn't buy into it. Yeah. There's none. There's not and there's no reason to think that he would drop the ball with anything. Yeah. You know, there's guys and Stroh's too nice of a guy to necessarily sit there and just throw names out. But like I'm sure that in his head he can he can sit there and go through a Rolodex of people he's worked with and go, would never do it again, would never do it again, might be able to do it well, might not be able to do it well. And then he's going to have a list of guys that he could go to and say, I know I can do something great with this person every time. And I would think that Cesaro's in that last category. So, no, I, I, I think Tommy Dreamer has a good point. Uh, sure, i got to ask your thoughts before we go to Rap Boy. Uh, so, Cesaro, um, obviously very popular with the fans. And I always thought back from, like, even, like, the Ring of Honor and Shakara days, you know, seeing him wrestle locally in Philly and interacting with him when I was hosting the Ring of Honor press conferences and stuff like that. I always thought that this guy had mega star power. But at some point, I felt like the horse got out of the barn there. And I don't know that necessarily at this stage in his career, Cesaro could step in and make that kind of a connection with the fans. What are your thoughts on Cesaro? Do you, do you think he's somebody that could be a, a top mega star for them? Oh, gosh. Absolutely. I, I'm okay. like you. I've been a fan of his, fan of his for years. He's the complete package of an athlete. I mean, he, he could do versus just about anything he puts his mind to. And uh, and he does have his set of fans, um, and you, you see it from time to time. His following, it, it's it, it, it's there. So I mean, all all Cesaro needs is give an opportunity, and he'll hit a home run every time. I'm telling you, this this, this guy's gold, and um, I'm really happy he's getting the push that he's getting with um, Roman for the title. See, I'll be happy if he wins the title, but I I just I feel like. This is just going to end badly because I'm sure that Roman's going to keep the belt long term. I would think. I don't know. Just me. Do you think the language thing could be an issue for him? I'm talking about in terms of mainstream acceptance. You know, the accent. Uh, no, no, not at all. I mean, okay. I, I just think it's it's just that it's what it boils down to is this opportunity. Yeah. And timing. And timing, more or less. And it be, I mean, now, now is the time. That was a great time for him to step up and do his thing. And I really hope that he makes the most of it. I I do think, Ray, that the that the giant swing thing and and that the, the helicopter thing. I I feel like that could be the new the new thing. Like yes or what or whatever. You know, not whatever. Nobody said whatever, but you know what I mean. The giant swing is so over. Yeah. I watched Wrestle I watched WrestleMania with a fairly large number of people. And some of them are like hardcore wrestling guys like that. Yeah. And a good number of them were casuals. I had them in college. The one casual thing. Yeah. Yeah. In college they would stop by and we watch wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the one thing that got everybody excited was the giant swing and doing right. the temp. Yeah. And I, I, I got to tell you, I'm a stroke. I've heard the man talk. I mean, yeah, there's an accent, but it's not. It's not terrible. It's not unlistenable. Yeah. Like you can, if you can understand English, then you can understand him. It's easier to understand than Kofi's Jamaican accent. From Boston. Right, by way of. By way of Boston. Well, that's little Boston in Jamaica. Yeah. I think. No, it was the Jamaica section of Boston. <laughs> let's go to Rapboy. He's been waiting a while. Uh, what, what's going on, Rapboy? You a Cesaro fan? I know you're an Alexa Bliss fan. Looking good? Oh, your internet is terrible, brother. Great call. Your internet is terrible. I, I got to cut you off, brother. I can't hear you. But I love the action figure. I love the action figure, man. It's too late to call. You got to get on the phone before 11. Sorry, man. We, the, uh, the phone lines are done. I love you, though. Wait, is that? No, that's how they do it, right? I don't know. I love, And I love the action figure, Rap Boy. I do. Uh, you guys want to do some quick hits and we'll get out of here? Is that okay? Yeah, let's 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 do some rapid fire and then uh, spit this puppy under the tree. Get, get, get what you guys think. Of, but just a couple of news items I I thought bared mentioning. For one, uh, we're going to get the rematch between Finn Balor and Karrion uh, Cross at NXT in just two weeks. They announced that tonight. Um, is that something to get excited about, or is that just well, Finn Balor's on his way out soon? Congratulations, Finn Balor, on your upcoming program in New Japan. <laughs> I, I I don't know that he's uh, done his contract anytime soon. I, I just – I don't know, Stro. What do you think, uh, Finn Balor? I, I feel like he is being wasted to a certain extent in NXT. Like, the mentor role probably has run its course. Well, it, it all depends on the direction you go with, with him – one to regain the title from Cross, more or less. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how that goes. All right. So, John Cena is set to uh, – he is set to um, turn to the dark side, as they call it. He's a, he's actually going to be hosting a show on Peacock. Have you guys heard this? Uh, it's, a, it's about the villains in WWE history. He's going to narrate it, and uh, he's going to be the host of it, and, and they're going to talk all about – what's it called? It is called WWE Evil. See, to me, they, they missed a grand opportunity to have Funaki host that. That would have been amazing. All kidding, Funaki. All kidding aside, um, i got to say, he's got a good voice for it. I'll check it out. He makes me want to buy an Audi and get my credit checked. Sorry. He he uh, he really makes me in love purple cows for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now I have look, I have extremely low expectations for this show. I have essentially put the bar on the ground and am expecting the show to step over it. So, but I am still going to check it out. Like, it could work. It, it could work, and I think he's a good guy to host it. I do too. Well, what do you think, Stro? Sound like a hit? Uh, we'll see. I, you know, John Cena, he's he's a great promo. So I agree. You know, we'll see what he does with the villains. He 
he he's one of the best on the mic. I, he really is. Um, you know, when they when they actually allow him to actually do it uh, properly instead of just reading canned stuff. Um, so Jeff Hardy, uh, I think a lot of people were kind of wondering how much time he had left with WWE. He uh, he's been gone for quite a while. He comes back and he loses. A lot of people are saying maybe he's going to go to AEW, join his brother. Maybe he'll uh, take some time off from wrestling again. WWE confirmed this week that uh, Jeff Hardy is under contract for a number of years still. And it surprised me. It really did. Because it doesn't seem like they have anything in the can for the guy anymore. I mean, if you're Jeff Hardy, are you complaining? Like, that's my only real take on it. Like, like, fine, you got the JTG deal, fine. It, it's a it's a pretty sweet deal to have. Um, I just feel like, like in, I guess it was 2010, right? He was the WWE champion, and it, to me as a fan, it feels like yesterday, Stroh. But that was a long time ago now. And if he didn't run into those like kind of legal issues, I don't know that he wouldn't have been as big as John Cena. Because he was so popular for quite a while there. Um, it just amazes me. Again, it amazes me that they can't figure out more to do with this guy who was so popular. He could have been their sting, in my opinion. Is that oh, yeah. I have a, That was always how I felt about him. Oh, he was, at one point, like you said, he was on top of the world. Yeah. I don't know. Literally. Literally. He was high up there. I was going to say, he was pretty high up there. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, all right, one last one. So Chelsea Green, who, by the way, I'm working on getting as an interview. Uh, we were set to have her um, a couple years ago, and uh, she actually signed with WWE the week that we were negotiating, which really sucked for us because like, we were really excited to have her. So Chelsea Green um, revealed her plans uh, beyond wrestling, her immediate plans, and, and I can uh, hear all the horny guys already. She wants to do Playboy, uh, but she also wants to be in a horror film. She wants to be the girl that runs away and screams and gets killed. And I would think, like... If you're dealing with wrestling fans, that's an entirely plausible scenario for a lot of people. Uh, but in terms of a movie, I mean, hey, why not, right? Chelsea Green in a horror movie. You know, I really appreciate a young lady with no self-esteem. <laughs> that wasn't that's where I was going with that. that. <laughs> yeah. That's the, only, that's the only thing I had. That's okay. Say. It's a quick hit. It's a quick hit. Joe, any thoughts on that Chelsea Green in a horror movie? I'd love to see Chelsea Green in horror. That'd be tremendous. Me too. Me too. No, I don't Me want too. to see Chelsea Green in anything. Yeah. Well, was uh, that a Playboy joke? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. All right, I got you. How dare you make she has to be some sort no. of veteran swine? All right. All right, I, I oh, think man. we're good here. Uh, Ray, did you have anything you wanted to plug for this week? Make sure that you subscribe to the VOC Nation Patreon, where you will be able to get full-length, uncommercialized episodes of all our fabulous shows, and you'll be able to get special excerpts with particularly insightful insight, 
insight from myself and, more importantly, Stroh. And Cassie. Ready to take it away. She had a great Hummer story. The car. God, I even forgot about that. Look at all the content you're missing. You're yes. missing content from Stroh. You're missing content from me. You're going to get unheard Booker T stories straight from someone who knows him as a close personal friend. And so much more. How is it not worth more than $3 a month? I don't it's believe it. Ready? It's the, it's the coffee. It's the coffee. Stroh, what do you got going on, man? Oh, a busy week. Uh, Thursday night, uh, WWE Retro at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on DudeConnection.com. The topic of the discussion will be the career of Junkyard Dog. So if you've got a cool JOID stories and memories, please call in. And Friday night, the Stro Zone uh, on my Facebook page at midnight Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the Friday night, midnight feature will be Torture Ships in the 1930s. And this Saturday night, I'm going to be inducted into the Carolina Wrestling Hall of Fame. Congrats. At the Holy City Brewing Building in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, um, cool. Congratulations. That is oh, very cute. You so yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. I'm surprised that's the only Hall of Fame, really, that uh, you're announcing right now. I, I really was expecting a lot more just because of oh, how wow. accomplished you are. Never say never. So, I mean, exactly. we'll see what happens. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Fingers crossed, for sure. Uh, I, right. Well, anyway, uh, thank you, uh, everybody, for checking out In the Room this week. Uh, thank you to AJ Pan for giving us the time, the, uh, <laughs> our guiding light. I always remember that by thinking of the uh, soap opera. That's the easiest way to think of it. Uh, so, and AJ Pan is like a soap opera in a lot of different ways. So thank you to him. And happy birthday to him, by the way. Uh, next week, we're going to be joined by former WWE and ECW uh, referee Jim Molino. I've got a really funny story with that, show, actually. I, uh, I, you know what? I can do it real quick. So Jim, he was at the Super 8 tournament, and I heard that uh, somebody told me, one of the wrestlers told me, that John Finnegan's friend Jim was going to do a run-in during one of the matches. And I'm, I'm preparing for the show, and I'm like, well, John, that's weird. We don't usually allow friends to do run-ins. So I'm, I'm wondering, is this going to be like a, somebody out of the crowd? Like, what? Uh, so, so I go to, uh, I ask around, who is John Finnegan's friend Jim? It was Jim Molino. Jim Molino. So this wrestler just knew oh. John's friend Jim. So... Uh, so anyway, Jim Mullen is going to be part of the program next week, uh, and I right. couldn't be more excited about that. That'll be a great time. Uh, be sure to check out all the other great shows on VOC Nation uh, this week. Uh, now, all the shows with Voice of Choice Bruce Ware are off this week because he's on vacation, so that includes Wrestling With History. Uh, it includes um, uh, that uh, No BS with the Bull and... Um, yeah, that might be it. I, I think there was one more, though, that wasn't available this week that they were on vacation, unrelated to the voice of choice, but lots of great stuff. Uh, we're going to have a new episode of Shelly Live coming up. Show Maestro with WCW Retro talking Junkyard Dog. My big break coming up this week, I believe he's got uh, Katie Lee Burchill, which was always one of my favorites. Such a sweetheart. I, I can't wait to listen to that. And lots of great stuff throughout the weekend, so be sure to check it out. VOC Nation Wrestling Network on VOCNation.com. Be sure to subscribe on the premium account. And uh, 
I thought, I thought I'd talk to the end of the music. I'm really close to the end. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you to the best crew I could ever ask for. Kathy, Stro, Derek, Ray, Matt, uh, all you guys are just top-notch tremendous. Everybody, take care. Have a great night. Oh, ECWA coming up also uh, June 5th, I believe, from Morganville, New Jersey. That's going to be exclusively on Facebook Live, and you'll be able to pay for that for just $4.99, so be sure to check that out. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Love you all. Bye-bye.